to everybody around the world. Good Erev Shabbos to all. This is Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. Our show is sponsored by Abels and Hyman. For those of you who don't know me or just tuning in for the first time, I'm Naomi Nachman and I'm about all the food all the time. I love to shop for it, cook it, eat at restaurants, anything food related. I'm a kosher personal chef. My business is called the Aussie Gourmet, and I cook for people for Shabbos, for Yonta, for Hanukkah, anytime you don't feel like cooking, you can give me a call. Um, I hope you'll tune in every week and hear about my crazy cooking adventures, and I call it my kosher food traveling because I love to travel and search out kosher food wherever I am. But I want to like to hear about your experiences as well, so please feel free to drop me a line at naomi at nachamsegel.com. Let me know what you're cooking or what cookbook you like or what your favorite restaurant is or what recipe you think I should try. I love to hear from everybody. And thank you to everyone who does email me in because I really love getting the emails. Uh, You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, Facebook, and I have a newsletter on my website, theaussiegourmet.com. So, uh, yeah, if you have a great experience food-wise, or anything you want to share in life. I'm always happy to hear it. Uh, we have a really exciting show. Uh, we were on hiatus last week, so um, we have a lot to catch up on with everybody, which I'm really excited to do. Um, we've got very exciting guests. Um, I have Gail Rand from the Kosher Foodie Box, and then Rebetson Dunit Schusterman from Maui. I did an interview with her while I was in Hawaii last week. Yes, Hawaii, crazy. Lots of food experiences to share there. Two, and then of course I've got Rabbi uh, Alexander Rappaport from Maspia, who's going to so much to talk about. So we're really excited to have him on the show. So stick around for the next hour while you cook and prepare for Shabbat, and you know enjoy uh, hanging out together. Okay, so on the line I have with me Gail Rand. Gail, Gail, are yes, you there? Hello, Naomi. Hi. Good morning. Hi. How are you? Great. Baruch Hashem. Yourself? Yeah. Good. Good. Like you know, just. Can't, trying to catch up with this crazy weather you know it's been crazy in new york and i can't take the rain oh <laughs> it's been non-stop rain all week so i don't know uh you know just trying to focus on on um serving hot soups and staying warm internally by eating mm. hot food all, all week that's all i've been doing all week is cooking hot food mm, yeah and as a fellow foodie i'm sure you uh get all that stuff. Oh, soup, 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 for sure. <laughs> so Gail and I met a couple of weeks ago, and I actually got a lead from our exec, assistant executive, what's Danny's title? Exec, assistant, assistant to the director. <laughs> I'm sorry, Danny, I'm messing that up. But Danny, actually, Danny, um, Danny Goldberg is our um, assistant um here in the Nahum Network, and he gave me this lead that I should reach out to you um, at Kosher Foodie Box. Mm-hmm. And then literally like a week later, I met you in person because we think here at the studio, being, you know, big foodies that we all are, the Nahum Siegel Network team, we are all serious foodies, um, that this okay. would have been a great thing for us to, to reach out to you. And then we that we met and, you know, I was so excited to meet you and talk about this. So I'm actually holding up to the camera for those of you who listen to our show, we also have, you can watch our show. We have a channel on YouTube called the Nachum Siegel Network Channel. Um, and you can, you know, you go onto YouTube, you find it, and then you find the table for two shows. So people can also watch our show. So um, I asked Gail if she could send me a kosher foodie box to open on camera. So, um, I'm, oh, okay. so I'm holding up the box. Um, and it was really okay. cool that it had my name on it because usually my kids are getting deliveries <laughs> and not me. <laughs> So thank you, Gail, for sending that up. You're uh, welcome. Okay, so I'm opening the box. Now, this box is the full sampler, right? This box is what everyone who ordered the uh, late autumn 2014 box received. Okay, so I'm opening it up. It's very exciting. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, to explain to us, you know, I'm going to just slowly take out things, but explain to us a little bit before how you got this idea. Um, how I got the idea, I, well, quite honestly, I have no professional cooking background. <laughs> um, I have no cooking training. I'm not a gourmet. I'm not a chef. That's why I use the word foodie. Um, okay. I, I'm still learning about techniques. There are many ingredients that I haven't tried. And I just really wanted to find ways to, you know, get 
new products and exciting products and exploding kosher market that may not be available everywhere and just look into new things that would add dimension to my uh, cooking. Okay. So, so this, but the truth is, yeah. I, it's not all, it's not always, it's not all ingredients. We do try to have a nice um, mixture that some of the things can be eaten right out of the box. Such as, you know, there are, we usually have a snack. So item. I'm holding up, um, I'm holding up the white egg, egg white chips with sea salt and black pepper. Okay, that yes, came in. And I have to tell you, they have wanted to be in the box since our first box went out um, over four months ago. But since they have gotten so popular, they never had the stock to give us into the box. So they were finally excited to be able to participate with that. Okay, so let's let's talk a little bit about the how how this um, gets to you or one who orders it. It's a box of food specialty items that you yes. order, and once a month, right? Well, they no, get it's every other month. Every other month, mm-hmm. um, right? So that's yeah, that's why you're here to explain to us to uh-huh. how this all works. So. What happens? You get a, every other month. You get okay. a box delivered. Every other month, you re, you receive a box with up to six single serving or sample size items. And we make sure that they're always generously sized. Okay, so this is a really cute idea for Hanukkah. This is like a perfect gift for Hanukkah. Well, we are actually offering gift subscriptions for for Hanukkah, and we're actually offering the box that you have that you're opening up right now. We're offering that to be sent to your gift recipient on Hanukkah itself. And then they will receive the next box in mid-January. That would be the winter box. And then they will be followed every other month, you know, March, um, May, and then July, and, and so on. They'll be in the regular uh, two-month cycle. Uh-huh. That's very cool. Now, you have a special uh, offer for our listeners. Yes, yes. The special offer is the first two boxes will be at a 33% savings. Okay, and how do we Food find that? Oh, sorry. If you go to kosherfoodiebox.com slash NS, like Nachum Siegel, NS, you will get straight to the page where it explains how the program works, what gift subscriptions are available, and um, you can sign up right, you know, you just cl- click on uh, to order and you'll be taken to the ordering page. Okay, this is really exciting. So this can go all over the United States or all over the world. Can I send this to my mom in Australia? Um, I'm afraid not. Aww. The of the Kosher Foodie Box really is to give people a taste of what's out there. And then, um, you know, so we sent it somewhere else. So first of all, the shipping would probably be prohibitive. Yeah, yeah, probably. But on, <laughs> of, but, but on top of that, subscribers would be pretty disappointed if they loved something in the box and it wasn't available where they lived. True, so true. So these are, these are items that are available w- within the United States and may not be available else, elsewhere. So. Okay, so it's just for the United States because we do have listeners around the world. Okay, and just to continue to the United States, I know you mentioned Hawaii before, so no, we're not sending to Hawaii, we're not oh. sending to Alaska, but otherwise okay. <laughs> you're more than welcome to order these. In the continental USA, you can order any any yeah. um, of these mm-hmm. uh, any foodie boxes. Excellent. Yes. Okay, now and ha- if you want to order gift, just gift subscription for yourself, we won't judge you. That's absolutely fine. You're still <laughs> welcome to take advantage of the right. uh, offer. It doesn't have to be a gift. It can be for yourself, a gift to yourself. Of course. I like what? that. I like that. <laughs> It's very cute. Okay, so um, how do you get all these cool products? Like, how do you decide? Because well, we in this one, you go, have chopped green chilies. Yes. That's, uh, that's actually very exciting. We have found that ethnic foods from different cultures are very, very popular now that the kosher market has really exploded. Yes. And now that people are doing a lot a lot of cooking. So the, the chilies are actually great. My daughter-in-law recently made shakshuka with it. And if I tell you, the house smelled amazing. It probably smelled like uh, Machane Yehuda. <laughs> pretty much. It did, it did smell pretty authentic. We also have a recipe that we developed in our kitchen for schug that uses the chilies that's going to be going up on our website this, this week. Ooh. And we also have, we also have a Chinese dish. We do also, when we do have ingredients, we do develop our own recipes as well as uh, get recipes from the manufacturers, which we share on our website as well. That is actually a brilliant idea. So like I've never actually cooked with chopped green chilies, fire roasted Mm -hmm. at that. I've used fire roasted tomatoes, which are so good in your pasta sauce when you're making your own. Um, Mm -hmm. But So I would go onto your website and find recipes for stuff that I find in my box. Right. You you would find recipes. You'll also find links to where you can purchase more. And that one in particular, the the Hatch brand, they also – 
also brand for, um, oh, I want to say Trader, Trader Joe's, but I, no, I'm sorry, for Whole Foods. So the Whole Foods fire roasted green chilies are the same as these. So if you can't find the hatch brand locally, you can go into your Whole Foods and get the same exact chilies as what you've received in the box. That is brilliant. It's such a brilliant mm-hmm. marketing plan, not only for you, whose idea this was and it's your business, but for companies, they're probably actually fighting to get in who gets to be in the box. Companies are very, very excited about, about this, and we always make sure that it's a that we don't do too many of the too many of the same products in the same box. Like we try to make sure that we have a nice range. Like I, like I said before, some things you can eat right out of the box. Some things, like last month, we had. Um, we had the dried cherries that were dusted in the sour sugar. Now those you can eat as a snack, nice. or you can put them in, or you can actually bake them in cookies. So that those things like that can really go either way. Okay, I'm digging. And then there's things like the rub that you do have, you know, you right. Will, you I'm holding that up. I'm holding that up. Yeah, I'm holding that up to the camera so everyone can see. Um, yeah, this char crust rub. I see these in gourmet glad. I've never actually used them. Now I have one. I'll be able to use it. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting about the char crust is that, um, like you said, you've seen it in, in Gourmet Glot. Some other people have mentioned to me, oh, well, I've seen this in the five towns, but then the people in Brooklyn have never seen it before. So occasionally there are things in the box that you may have seen in your store, but they're always like smaller, more niche-type items, so they may not be in every single market. Right, right. So that's yeah. really what we're trying to Very- do is get a more broader, you know, mass um, exposure. It's fantastic. Here, I'm holding up the last thing I pulled out. And it comes cool. For those of you who are listening, uh, you know, it's nicely packaged. Like, it comes in a, like a, um, a United States postal box. But in, you open it up and you see food. But you're seeing it packed in with all this cool, funky papers, orange and green yes. packi- packaging. Yes, it is. And, it is, it is, it is well, a bit of a party in the box, yes. It's a party in a box. It's yes. confetti almost, yeah. Um, and it's got some information in it um, about the products as well, pamphlets. And look, I've got pretzel here. I've got something called, what's it called oh, here? Oh, yes. Jer's Chocolate, there. 50% off yes. online. Oh, it's got a coupon. Excellent. Here, guys, ZK, we're going to eat a little. <laughs> ZK and I are going to eat this on the show. Um, but Those yeah. are actually a high-end gourmet uh, peanut butter covered in chocolate with bits of pretzels in it. So that is something you'll yummy. probably never taste oh, before. Yummy. And they did and they did give us a discount code so you can order more more from the website. Oh that's fantastic. Gail, thank mm-hmm. you so much. I'm just opening You're up You're very welcome. Yeah, this is the chocolate for those of you who are watching and I wish everyone that was listening um could uh see what I'm doing here here in the studio because this is like a I've got now a party on my desk. I've got chips and ah. I've got tea and nuts and all we'll we'll have a little party later on but thank you so much for joining us uh, on the show today and i you're very welcome i i just want to mention about the hammond's black walnuts i don't think i had a chance to try well actually i guess you haven't because you just opened up the box but to answer when when we first saw this at the fantasy food show we thought oh a walnut is a walnut but it's not these are walnuts that grow wild and it really is completely different woodsy, earthy, delicious taste. I mean, everything that we pick, we really make sure is something unusual and different and hopefully something that you'll want to, you know, continue using. Because foodies want it. And if foodies want it, you want it to be a high-quality ingredient. Excellent, excellent. Thank you very much. And everyone, go to kosherfoodiebox.com slash NS and you will get our Uh Nachum Siegel Network special on the uh, Kosher Foodie Box. Hanukkah's just a week away, so you might as well. Less than a week away. (laughs) Crazy. So we need to – yeah, I already had some donuts already just getting ready this morning. I said, you know what, five, six days to Hanukkah, I'm going to have a donut. So, Okay, thank you, Gail. Take care. You're very welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. Yeah, and we'll be following you along, see how you're going on. Terrific. Enjoy everything in the box, Naomi. All right, thank you. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank Bye-bye. you so much, Gail Rand. Wow, this is great. I've got a little whole party on my desk. Okay, wow. ZK, we will eat this after the show. <laughs> I want to try those walnuts. They look great. Okay, very exciting show we have here today. Um, okay, I have a very exciting guest, Rabbi Rappel. Why don't you come sit here for a minute? We're going to get you some earphones. Um, what I would like to do is um, I think it's time to do the interview. 
um, with, um, as I mentioned earlier on in the show, I had a very unique opportunity. I know you all think I travel a lot. It's just been the last few months. And a lot of it was for work. Everyone goes, stop apologizing for traveling so much. Good for you. But um, my husband had a big birthday, so we decided instead of a party, we'd go on a little trip. So um, you'll hear more in the interview how I got to go on this trip. But, you know, whenever I go anywhere, I have to search out, especially for Shabbat or just in general. I'm always looking for kosher food, and I can't even tell you how much kosher food I found on shelves in random supermarkets around Hawaii. Like on the top of a mountain in Maui, I found like kosher coconut amino acids. Aminos, acids that uh, Honey Alphabam taught us when she was uh, on our show back in June uh, in Gourmet Club. She did a paleo uh, diet um, recipe and talked about coconut aminos. I couldn't find them in Gourmet Club, but I found them on top of a mountain in Maui with a star K hersha. So it's amazing what you'll find across the board, across Hawaii, <laughs> um, in kosher food. So um, a lot of farmer's markets, a lot of shechianos were flying around. I made so many shechianos, amazing, amazing fruits. But one of the amazing highlights of the trip was um, meeting the Chabad rabbis, uh, Rabbi Shusterman in Maui and Rabbi, and, uh, and their Rebbitsons, and their amazing Rebbitsons, and um, Rabbi Krasniansky in Honolulu. But we spent quite a bit of time with the Shustermans, Rabbi Rebbitson Shusterman in uh, Maui, and we even got to be part of their Hachnasat Sefer Torah. If you go onto my Facebook page, you'll see my husband Dove dancing at the airport as the Torah comes off the plane. That was their first Torah in Maui that they owned. They had a borrowed one, and now they have their own, which was so exciting to be a part of that. So I'm going to play my interview with Rebetzin uh, Schusterman, who actually has a cookbook. So we're going to talk about that all. Stay tuned for the next 20 minutes for our interview with the Rebetzin. Okay. Aloha. I am sitting here in Maui, Hawaii. What an unbelievable opportunity I've had uh, to come out here uh, to uh, see this beautiful part of God's world that we live in. I've been making lots of different brachas from Shechianos, from all the amazing uh, fruits from the farmer's markets I've been visiting to the rainbows that I see everywhere. It's been a real treat. Um, of course, when I go away for a Shabbat, I have to contact my local Chabad, and I have just had the most incredible experience at Shabbat in Honolulu, and now I uh, was in Maui, and I made contact with uh, Rabbi Shusterman, who was actually on my flight from New York. Uh, he was at the um, the Kinnis for the Rebbe, mm-hmm. um, which was... No, no, it's the Schlichus, right? Yeah. For the Schlichus, did I say it right? Okay. And he was on my flight back from, uh, well, he was coming back from New York and we were flying to Hawaii and, you know, when two from juice see each other, you always start schmoozing and he said, come, my wife's having a woman's circle and I, we were traveling with our friends, Allison and Ari, and we came out to the Monday night women's circle out with uh, Danit Shusterman in, I don't even know where we are exactly in Maui, but we this is Danit Shusterman. We're in Kahalui. Kahalui. Kahalui, that's the name of the town. And we're in the island of Maui. Yes, on the island of Maui. It's on the island. We're on the island. On, on the island. We took a... In the city, on the island. Okay, I see there's little nuances here that we've learnt. How long have you and the rabbi been out here? This is our 10th year. We just celebrated our 10th anniversary of living on Maui. Wow, have you seen the community, your Chabad community grow a lot? You know what, Maui is a very transient place. People are constantly coming and leaving. So it doesn't necessarily grow, but there's always new faces and we're always saying goodbye to people as well. So people that have connected with you and feel like they have to move on to being a part of a bigger Jewish community. You know, unfortunately, the, the way we know our shluchas is a success is when people move to a Jewish community. That's so amazing. You know, it's sad, but it's, it's, it's nice to see. It's nice to see because it's difficult to grow when you don't have that foundation and you don't have the background. And all this, you know, this Judaism is brand new. So... We encourage people when they start exploring their Judaism and they want to go further, we encourage them to move to New York, to Israel, to California, to a place that has a Jewish community that could support them and just help them grow further than where they are, you know, on Maui. 
the one thing I noticed about the women's circle tonight, women were there from all different kinds of backgrounds and, you know, I'm not sure if they had converted or they had just come from, you know, religious, orthodox backgrounds or, or, um, conservative, but everyone had such a strong sense of achtzot here. It's unreal. You know, it's one thing my husband and I are very, um, strong about is clarity because, you know, living on Maui, everyone, you know, it's all about love and friendship and rainbows and everything wonderful (laughs) and acceptance. And it's very important that people know what a Jew is. So when a person tells me, oh, I'm a Maui Jew, my mom's not Jewish, but I'm Jewish in my heart. You know, we say, you know, you're a wonderful person, but you're not Jewish at all. But, you know, you're welcome to be our friend. And there were a few women at the gathering there tonight that I've had this conversation with where they thought they were Jewish because they were told otherwise. And, you know, we had to tell them, no, you're not Jewish, but you're, you know, people are people come here to search and they're looking for spirituality and they're looking for something and they come upon Judaism and it's like, wow, this is amazing. And, you know, it's a lot of people come and they've had horrible Hebrew school experiences as a child and they just want to be as far away from Judaism as possible. You have people that were religious and they want a lot of Israelis that grew up in Jerusalem with, you know, 14, 15 siblings that want to run away from Israel and be as far away as possible, which is Hawaii. We're literally back to back on the globe. We're 12 hours away by, uh, no, it's a 20 hour flight from, from Israel, from Israel. Wow. Yeah. Whichever way you go, if you go east or west, it's 20 right. hours. I know you're closer to Sydney than, than what I hours. am from New York. Yeah. We are a nine hour nonstop flight from Honolulu to Sydney. Right. And we're like about 10 and a half from New York, York, so to Maui. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, and we meet these Israelis and they're like, you know, we, we try to run away and here you guys are, you know, so it's, thank God (laughs) people, you know, there's people who are searching and there's people who are running and it's just, our circle is just a place where it's kind of like wherever you are, wherever you're coming from and wherever you're going, it's okay. It's okay. You know, it's no, comfortable for it's everyone. It's comfortable. No one's looking at anyone. No one's judging anyone because everyone is, un, you know, accepting of each other, of where they are and where they're going. And everyone's just open to learn and open to grow as people. So it's, it's really a beautiful thing. And, I, you know, everyone should embrace this kind of, you know, openness to being accepting to everyone um, of our own people but um, and to everyone else. Um, so here's a question that, you know, being a food show – how do you manage to keep kosher? I've got gourmet glut. I live in Cedarhurst. In you know, I'm, I'm, where did you you grew up in Crown, Crown Heights? Heights? You grew yeah. up in Crown Heights, and then you moved to Maui. So big challenge, you know, moving you know, say away from the snow into the sunshine. You're moving to the most beautiful place on earth. But where are you doing your meat shopping? Where do you get kosher meat? I have a very persistent husband. <laughs> and he has made it his business to become friendly with every manager of every supermarket on this island. And because of him, we now have kosher Cornish hens at Costco, um, Chalav Yisrael Munster cheese, um, Chalav Yisrael feta cheese, um, um, meat, um, brisket. On Pesach, we get a whole bunch of different types of ready-made um Roast beef, corned beef, all different, all in Costco. Same with um, the supermarket. They bring in um, co- like glatt kosher um, chicken breast, chicken thighs. We have a selection. I mean, I can't go to the butcher and ask for my personal cut of meat. Right. We're so lucky with all our local kosher supermarkets. Exactly. Thank you, Gourmet Glad. I do not... And not, I just want to give an appreciation to what we actually have. And we don't appreciate something sometimes, something we have in our own backyard. Exactly. I, I don't remember the last time I didn't have to defrost meat or chicken to make dinner. Right. I, yeah, I, I have to think ahead. Yeah. I, you know, you don't decide, you know, everything is frozen and, you know, and dairy, we, yep. we you know. You're Chal Yisrael, I'm sure. So I'm not Chal Yisrael. So for you, that's a much bigger challenge than it would be for me. I see oh. OUD everywhere here. Right. 
But, you know, it's really, I don't see it as such a huge deal. We, you know, we don't bring in milk. We, my, my kids drink rice milk, almond milk, soy right. milk. And people are moving in that direction in any case. Yeah. They're moving off lactose. Yeah. And, you know, when my kids do have milk, they're fine. They're not lactose intolerant or anything. And it's, it's, they, they call it cow milk. There's, there's rice milk, almond milk, and cow milk. So. That's so funny, right? Such a different perspective. And you have Kanina Hara, five beautiful children. Yeah. I met your daughter tonight. Yes. She she learns Parsha with you. Well, She's homeschooled, yeah. like a lot of the Chabad families. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't really. I mean, my oldest son is in the Shluchim online school. I actually met him. I gave him a sandwich on the plane. Oh, really? Oh, I yeah. Had, okay. I had some deli, and, and he had unfortunately left his snack bag at home in yes. New York, so we gave him um, a deli sandwich. Thank and I think very much from one mother to another. <laughs> my pleasure. I always carry a huge bag case. of snacks, the foodie that I am. Um, yeah. So he, yeah, he actually met, you know, he goes to school online. So his teachers and the kids in his class, it's all virtual and they see each other, but it's all on the computer. So at the Kinos, they had a gathering for the online school and all the kids and their teachers, they all met for the first time. I heard it was in Long Island. It was in Long Island. And it was just a really great experience for him. So, you know, it's like online dating, but, you know, yeshiva. Yeshiva yeshiva version, you know. So gorgeous. So it was really sweet. He's like, wow, you know. Nachum was much shorter than I thought he was. And it was just really, really, really sweet. Really sweet. That's so cute. That was nice. Any major challenges that you found here? Any, any major challenges that you found here? Um, you know, not being around family is not easy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that I but, hear being yeah. Australian living in New York. Yeah, but, yeah. But then but, again, you know, being a mom and raising all my kids, it's not like I'd be spending so much time with my family all the time anyhow. But right. still, it's, you know, it's nice to have your sister come over and have a cup of coffee or, you know, like things like that. And one thing which I may sound like spoiled or, you know, is not having restaurants because it's like, on a regular week, you know, a regular time during the year, it's not like I'm craving to go out, but like on my birthday or on our anniversary, right? You can't a special occasion. It's like okay, let's go to Starbucks. You know, it's like where right. you know go to a lobby at a hotel. It's just there's something nice about going out for dinner. It's, it's, it's something nice. But my husband actually did something quite amazing. Okay, let's for hear it. Our, it was this. It was for our tenth anniversary. He contacted the chef at the Grand Wailea, which is one of the very fancy hotels next to the Four Seasons. Okay. And he told him about the fact that uh, how much I would love a restaurant. And basically the hotel has kosher meals that they keep for the guests. Oh, interesting. So the chef is a great, a wonderful guy. And he arranged... He, there's a restaurant that they only open for breakfast. Okay. So it was closed anyhow. It's outside overlooking the ocean. Uh, this Like a scene from a movie. <gasps> we go to this hotel, expecting to walk around the lobby and get a drink and some peanuts. See, that's what I was thinking. You know, it's our anniversary. This is fun. And we're walking towards the ocean through this restaurant, and I see it table for two i'm gonna cry i'm telling i was from with two candles and a waiter with like a napkin over his arm waiting for us and he's like mr mrs shusterman i was like are you kidding me and i had this like huge smile oh and they bring us these two little you know airplane meals you know and brand new cutlery and plates and i was just i mean i don't think i've ever been this excited to eat like a six-month-old frozen steak, you know, with, like, (laughs) soggy mashed potatoes. But it was just, you know, that, for us, that was a night out, you know, dinner, dinner out, so... You know, you learn to appreciate these little things. Oh, for sure. That's really nice. You I'm know. like, I have, t- I have tears in my that eyes. It was really, really sweet. It was a really sweet, like, really nice evening. So so I'm talking to Rebetzin Danit Shusterman, uh, the Chabad Rebetzin of uh, Chabad of Maui. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can find them online. Mm-hmm. Um, Chabadofmaui.com. Chabadofmaui.com, just it. like any Chabad. And yep. can I just a little shout out to your car? The license plate on this car is Chabad. It says Chabad, yeah. and the, you know, like any license plate around um, the, the the country of the United States has a state, so it says Hawaii and then Chabad. So I took a picture of it. I'm going to put oh, it on my really? Instagram page if you want to see it um, on my on my handle, uh, Naomi Nachman, and um, okay. you can look that up. But it was very cute. Um, so 
uh, if people want to come out, they can come out and contact you. But not only did I want to have you on the show, but Dunit has written a cookbook. It's like yes. unbelievable. I, I, I can hardly find the time to write one myself, which I have not done. Um, but you have five little kids, Kanainahara, and a shawl and a community to take care of. How did you come up, come up with this idea? Well, um, when, when, <laughs> as you said, I had five little kids and also community to entertain every Shabbos. And I really love cooking, but living on Maui, we were really limited with ingredients and I was limited with time. So I would open up these fancy gourmet cookbooks and I would want to make a salad and be like, okay, I don't have half the ingredients, nor do I have the time to stand and saute this in one bowl and chop this in another bowl and grill this on another plate. So I would kind of take whatever I had, skip six steps, make the salad, serve it and get these incredible compliments, how amazingly delicious this food was. And where did I get the time to do it? And every Friday night I found myself saying, well, just like I told you, I don't have time. I don't have ingredients, so I kind of just improvise with other other recipes. And almost every Friday night, I would have at least one guest that would say, you have to make a cookbook. You have to make a cookbook with these recipes. Do you know how much, like, people would love such a cookbook where the food turns out really good and you don't need a lot of time and you don't need a lot of ingredients? And I was like, yeah, that would be a great idea, but I'm pregnant with twins and I'm oldest <gasps> is three. So, you know, I don't really see any, you know, cookbooks coming out in the near future. And when my twins were six months old, a very good friend of ours, who's a publisher, a Jewish guy, he's known my husband for years. I didn't know this, but my husband had been speaking to him and he told my husband, you know, tell your wife to just start collecting her recipes. And as soon as she has a certain amount, send them, just send them to me and, you know, we'll work from there and pictures we'll see. So my husband told me about this and I was like, I can do that. I write down recipes. I'll, you know, I'll just start, you know, instead instead of throwing in a spice, I'll measure it and write down how much I'm doing. And I started doing that. And I have a very good friend on Maui, a really wonderful Jewish girl who's a professional photographer. Ah. Oh. So she Did would I meet her? Did I meet she her? She didn't meet her. But okay. she does come to the Rosh Chodesh gathering. Okay. She does. She couldn't come tonight. Her name's Jessica, and she's from New Jersey. And she actually would come to my house on Thursday night once I had co- finished cooking for Shabbos. And start photographing. And photograph the pictures. Click, click, click away. Click away. And it happened, maybe she had maybe done 50 photos, and she had to leave the island. And I was like, oh, like, and I'm a visual person. And I really wanted, if I was going to do a cookbook. To have photographs. I wanted a picture of each recipe because the type of cook that I am, I want to look at a recipe and be like, oh, that looks good. I want to make that. Or no, I don't want to do that. That doesn't look like the type of thing I would want. So my brother at the time was working in cameras and electronics. Okay. And I told him, I was like, can you, like, I knew nothing about cameras. I'm like, could you send me a good camera? (laughs) Like... So he sent me a camera that was obviously good. And, you know, I have somewhat of an artistic eye. So I took the rest of the pictures. They came out pretty good. Yeah, they're lovely. The book is lovely. I got to have a quick look at it a few minutes before our interview. Yeah, you know, so it really was Hashkacha Pratis. Hashem wanted this book to happen. And you've probably sold it to this entire community who's now couldn't. Yeah, it was. Is it, it's traditional kosher? And is, is there a few? I mean, There's you know, a lot of recipes. Hamish recipes that yeah. we're used to. And there's also yeah. Hawaiian influences. Right, exactly. So, and Costco over here sold it and Barnes & Noble. All the stores on, Ma- on, on Oh, my Hawaii. God. You had a book sold at Costco? I'm like in yeah. awe of you. <laughs> but you know what? It sounds really amazing. But like. I had a lot of, you know, when the book came out, a lot of Rebbitsons, you know, from around the world were calling me and saying, you know, I'd love to get a cookbook published. How did you do it? And it's like, you know, I don't consider myself this amazing cook. I knew the right person and the time was right. And I had a friend who was a photographer. Hashem wanted this book to happen Happened. and, and it, it happened. Fantastic. So, you know, I'm sure there are women out there that are incredible cooks, incredible. They put all this time and energy with these amazing ingredients if it's meant to happen, it's going to happen. Right. You know, still, so. it's, it's still an incredible thing for you to have gone through and to done, to have done. And you, not anyone can 
put out a cookbook and you know it was, it was a really fun Costco project. would not be selling your cookbook if they didn't have the faith in this book <laughs> no they so. wanted me to do a book signing and I was like oh, oh I, you know I'm not a shy person at all but just the thought of sitting there I, I don't know it just it felt a very just no, you know it just it didn't sit well I was like you know what I, I didn't do this she's she's an I don't know how to say Anava <laughs> I don't know what, she's very modest yeah whatever it is I did it because it was enjoyable I wanted people to really you know for for women who had just got married and don't know how to cook and they want to impress their husbands and do it quickly this is great it's i'm embarrassed to give it to women who are like you know professional nah you've given me my reading material i cannot wait to pull this apart i'm getting i'm i'm here with my friend allison gross and she's with us during this interview because we went to the women's circle together and she's completely impressed so we're really excited to uh um if people want to get a hold of this book from you know all of our listeners how can they get a hold of one well we are actually we don't have a lot left and they're going into a second printing (gasps) muscle tough thank you so that's gonna happen it's gonna take a, a few months to happen. Um, I'm sure it's sold on Amazon. There are a few vendors who have it. Um, if you go on Amazon and just type Maui Ma- Kosher, it should come up or MauiKosherCookbook.com. Okay. So good. Um, but, and there are a few Judaica stores that we sold a few to. So, I mean, a few hundred to. So I'm not, I think there wasn't one in the five towns. What's the Judaica world? What's the Judaica store there? The Judaica big one. Plus. Maybe. I don't, I know. It's a okay. big one. I'll, I'll, con- I'll contact my guys there. Yeah, no, I, know <laughs> I love the guys at Judaica Plus. And, 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 but uh, Amazon. Tar is, yeah, yeah. Tar is in, in, in California. A few, and in Toronto. There's a few Judaica stores that still have them. So. Well, Mazel Tov, that's a really big feat. Yes. And we look forward to seeing them out on the shelves yeah. again in the near yeah, future. Absolutely. It was amazing to meet absolutely. you. Thank you for meeting me at this very late hour after the women's circle you know we got up at two o'clock in the morning us and we did the the bike i'm gonna say it wrong we did the sunrise um bike tour at you're gonna say it for me haliakala yeah you gotta do that if you're planning to come out to maui and i did it all on points if you want to sell your credit card points go to getpay.com g-e-t-p-e-y-d Dot com and they I sold all these credit card miles and they got me my trip my air flights to uh, wow. to Hawaii two air tickets and um, Hotel? hotels were on Starwood so wow. it was really a great so you can contact them to make sure you get out to Maui we stayed at the Sheraton it was beautiful and of course the uh, Rabbi and Roberts and Schusterman uh, were very uh, hospitable. You know that your husband invited us for dinner tomorrow night. <laughs> you might not know I, that. I yet. usually find out these things an hour or two before, so <laughs> it's fun. That's very exciting. Yeah. You'll meet the whole crew, the whole mishpacha. You'll, you'll witness bedtime in my house. Oh, okay, yes. Yeah, so so. Make you feel right at home. You will not feel like you're on a tranquil tropical island. Yeah, it's okay. Like we miss our kids. It's, it's been Jewish the end of home. it's been the end of a long week. Yes. We miss our kids, so we're looking so, forward no, to. So many people say, "Wow, you're so lucky you live here," and I'm like, you know what? I am a very normal, real Jewish mother who yells at my kids, and I don't sit on the beach and sip pina coladas all day, as one may think. Right? <laughs> all right. So. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for uh, listening to everyone um, and uh, everyone for listening, I should say. And um, we will uh, be in touch with you and, and let everyone know when your second book's coming out. Sounds good to me. All right. Take care. Mahalo to Rebbitz and Schusterman. That was my new word that I learned in Hawaii. Mahalo means thank you. Aloha, aloha, actually it's like shalom, like um, hello and goodbye, not the peace part. Um, so that's a multi-purpose word, but um, mahalo means thank you. So uh, to her for joining me uh, on that on that evening. Okay, this is Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. Our show is sponsored by Abels and Hyman. We taste better. I'd just like to uh, continue with our interviews and our fun morning. But of course, I'd like to mention our What's for Dinner segment. Not even mention it. We're going to do our What's for Dinner segment. But it was actually, I'm calling it for today, What's for Lunch. So I've gotten a bit on this gluten-free kick. So I had went to Trader Joe's with my husband the other day and I bought some gluten-free waffles. And I was really, really hungry by lunchtime yesterday. So I'm like, okay, I want to have a waffle. But I'm not just going to eat a regular waffle. You know how like waffles are really popular. And you know, I always talk about the chicken and waffles from um, our friends at Gotham Burger. But I wanted to have a waffle for lunch. So I then took, I chose, I bought some frozen waffles and I put it in the toaster oven and then I put on top of it when it was cool enough, I put some avocado on it 
slices of yellow Zima tomatoes from, um, I buy them, uh, in Gourmet Glad, of course. Um, and then I, I took, um, black Hawaiian salt that I had bought. Black, it's called black lava salt. Okay. And then I took, I bought it Gourmet Glad, who is the sponsor of our What's for Lunch slash dinner segment here. Um, and then I took sriracha. I hope I'm even saying it right. And I drizzled all over the top. Now my friend Honey Apfelbaum from Busy in Brooklyn, um, who's actually going to be on our show next week. So she, um, taught me to drizzle sriracha over everything. And I started doing that. So it was delicious. So I had my gluten-free waffle with some avocado, yellow tomatoes and black sea salt. And then I drizzled it in sriracha. That was the most delicious lunch. It was amazing. It was better than having bread and it's better than having some gluten. So um, if you ever have a chance to build a little sandwich like that, and it was really good. And you could even do it on like a Sunday morning for brunch or breakfast, Hanukkah parties. You can even get like mini waffles and you can make like mini appetizers with that. It was very cute. Okay, so uh, you're listening to Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network, also heard on Arut Sheva English Radio. I'm sitting here on the Lower East Side. It's been a crazy rainy week, and I'd like to welcome Alexander Rappaport from Maspia. This is such an honor for me to have you. We've been, you've been reaching out to me I, for like a year. <laughs> Took us a while to finally connect, and we met up at um, the Kosher Food Bloggers Conference in person, and now we're here on the Lower East Side together. Yeah, thank you for having me. What like, an honor. Oh, no. <laughs> it's, our, it's really our pleasure, and we're very glad you're joining us. Um, okay, let's, let, can we just talk for like a minute or two about the history of Maspia, how it came to be? So there was, uh, for those who know, there's a guy named Mordechai Mandelbaum. We used to be Chavrusa, we used to study Talmud together. And one day this idea came up that if only we would start a soup kitchen, people will come and help us uh, keep the lights open or keep the pantry full of food. So... From schmoozing, he wanted to take it to reality, and he kind of found seed money to find a place, renovate it to be a place that's going to be a reliable place to do dinner. Now, Mordechai Mandelbaum, people might know uh, his wife. She's uh, uh, known as Yitta Halberstam from Small Miracles and Holy Brother. Sure. Uh, yeah. Ah, small so, uh, world. You never know what connections you find. Uh, so, so they're, they're on, a, on a very personal level, they, they're very into chesed and have homeless people sleeping at their home, eating at their home. Wow. And, and this was a way to do that in a more like in a like in an organized way, in a reliable way, where there's going to be every night there's going to be a dinner for a couple of hours. Regardless if they go out of town or if anything, this is going to be... And we had no idea what it's going to happen, what it's going to be, how is it going to look like. And, and the first night, I remember we prepared 25 meals and only eight people showed up. Okay, now where, uh, where did you... Where was this located? So this the was first on, one. On 14th Avenue, we're still there in Borough Park. 14th and what street? 42nd and 41st, 41st and 42nd. Oh, okay. And... The first night, eight people showed up, but within a few months, we were doing a hundred already. Wow! So, h- how does this whole concept work? Like, people just know to come to you for dinner because they can't afford to make dinner themselves. Like, it's, it, we kind of say it's, and People Magazine had a headline with us that way: "Is um, <laughs> a restaurant without a cash register." It's, it's that's what it is. It's a storefront. It's a restaurant. If you don't have a meal, if you're from out of town, or if you're hungry, you're you, don't, you can't afford to buy a meal. You can walk into our place and you'll be served dinner. That's 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 the basics of it. There's always we, dinner means that we usually have four hot items, which is the soup and the protein and two sides. There's always bread. Uh, um, there's always um, some condiments. It's there's meat a, a meat uh, restaurant. Yeah, it's it's just it's, meat. So it's, you're not really dinner. open for breakfast. Yeah, so we're open from three. At 8, we try to say 3 to 7.30 because we want the people to be out by 8. So, so, so it's kind of five hours dinner every day. And who's preparing all this food? And where's who's don- you don- is the food being donated, the ingredients? It, so so mo- most, of, most of the food we still need to buy. Um, the, the, we actually have uh, our chef is Ruben Diaz. He's from okay. Colombia. He okay. went to the 
kosher culinary arts. Um, in Brooklyn? Yeah. Jesse with J- CKCA. That's, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's a student of theirs. Fantastic. And, and um, he, he now prepares about 500 meals every day. So, so we have three locations now. One is on Coney Island Avenue uh, between J and K and Flatbush. The other one is on Queens Boulevard in what's called Regal Park, Queens. Sure. And between the three places, we do sometimes – we already exceeded some days 600 meals. So every day we get fresh cooked meals and we send it out to the three places. One does need to be sent out because one is where the kitchen Oh, is. okay. So, so the other two locations is just um – it's just a it's dining room. A dining room. That's the word I'm looking yeah. for. Just a dining room. Unbelievable. And how how do people know to come to you? How do you reach out to the needy? Because I'm, I'm sure that's that's a project in itself because people are modest or they're embarrassed to come. Yeah. So so I'll tell you an interesting thing. So so we we do a lot of we do fundraising. So every fundraiser brings us new clients. So if we do a solicitation, we take a zip code in Borough Park and we send them letters for Hanukkah. That'll also mean people learning about us and kind of, oh, maybe I need something. Maybe I could use this. And we get calls as well. And the other thing is we intentionally are located on street fronts. Like really, it's a, it looks like a regular storefront. A major so, thoroughfare. Yeah. So, so, so it's, it's not like in the basement of a shul connected to some other institution. So we're very visible as a standalone storefront, which – that alone gives us the the. If you live in the neighborhood, you see us. You 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 pass the place, right. and you get a lot of foot traffic. Local foot traffic. People see. They spread the word. Unbelievable. How? When did this start? How many years ago? So we're getting close to the tenth year. <gasps> oh so, wow! So Rosh Nissen would be the. The, so that's like April. We um, have to uh, get together then and celebrate. Yeah, it would, would be ten years, and and we actually like did the the mezuzah fixing where we got all the Borough Park rabbis uh, to come and do the oh. mezuzah fixing. But actually Mandelbaum was so like, we have to be open. We have to be open. He really preempted it. And we were open actually a week ahead of the, like, because he said, oh, we spent too much money ready and nobody yet ate. Nobody yet ate. Nobody. Yet ate. And he was like, hey, we have to, I need to see people eating. I need to see people. So we kind of, even before the official okay. ceremony, we, we already were serving people. Oh, unbelievable. I know that Susie Fishbein has been very involved. Jamie Geller has been very involved. Yeah, Esti Deutsch. And, and, Very uh, nice. And a lot of other uh, um, people who were not so visible uh, were also Roll very visible. Uh, yeah, and, 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 and help out. Um, we, we, um, we still rely a lot on private donations to okay. pay our rent, to pay our staff, to buy food. Everything is still – we have a over $2 million budget. We get a lot of food donated. We get some stuff that's available. We call the system, which is like uh, commodities that are available. Most of them are not kosher. We try to take advantage of the ones that are kosher for right. soup kitchens. And we rely a lot on the private donor to keep our, our place going. So the, it's always the glasses half full, glasses half empty. Right, the idea right. that we're around for 10 years is is the idea that there's so many good people out there that help us um, keep open the the idea that it's every day still a struggle. So that's yeah, the yeah. that's the glasses half empty side of it. Um, so for Hanukkah, so there's one there's one part I didn't yet mention is that every Thursday we give out packages. For Shabbos, so, uh, I don't I don't like to call it Shabbos. I call it a weekend package because I, I I try to keep expectations low, where there isn't like a challah or a fish and a grape juice in it. It's more what type of groceries we're able to get. There is, we try to make sure that there is at least nine meals for every person in the family in it. What that means is like it's based on a model where there must be enough groceries to keep a, a family going for three days. So, so, but it's not, it's not, and we don't call it Shabbos just because it doesn't have the Shabbos ingredients okay. necessarily. Okay, I'm with you. Uh, so between the hot food and the packages will be serving this year by the end of 2014 we'll be serving this year alone 1.5 million meals so just this year alone just this year alone uh, i 
I literally have tears in my eyes. That's unbelievable. In, in, it's a, in, it's a very, in, it's a very, it's every day a challenging task. Yeah, I mean, running a restaurant in New York City is challenging. Right, but something uh, on this and, scheme and level. And, and without the cash register, it's even more challenging. And, and what we also try to do a lot is, because we have this very open door policy, we serve everyone. There's no one like this. It, it's kosher. It's glad kosher, but anybody could walk in. We have entire mosaic of New York City walking in and having a meal and we try to make a, what we call a Kiddush Hashem sanctification of God's name. We try to be that organization that everybody could feel proud of and and that's that's part of um, what we try to be. So for Hanukkah, we, for us it's just another night, just another dinner, but we try to do a little something on, on it. Um, we try to do a little bit for Hanukkah. So we try to have donuts, like, so that's the dessert every night. We actually light a menorah, like, when it gets time, like, we start at three, so it's not yet a time, but when it gets dark, we, we light a menorah. We, we try to make a little bit of a festive environment. We have, uh, um, they're, they're called right light. They donate us a lot of tchotchkes, dreidels, and stickers, and, and they, so we give it out for kids, we decorate the place a little bit. The truth is we're open throughout the year. Hanukkah is just another day. Right. You just emphasize the, the food culture there. Yeah. And, 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 um, we, um, for Hanukkah, we're trying to, and it's also like the end of the tax season. So we're trying to give a, do a big push on donations. Right. So if any one of our listeners wants to whip out a checkbook right now or go online or yeah, card. so we're, we're at masbia.org. And, and, and M-A-S-B-I-A dot O-R-G. That's right. And you can and donate online. Yes, and we have something very exciting going uh, as a gift. We try to do these gifts. Oh, that's so nice. And, and it's one of the things. You give a little, you get a little. Yeah, so it's kind of it's kind of like people want to know, what are you expecting from us? Where do you want us to, like, what should be our first donation? Or what should be our current donation? So we always try to have, like, different things out there. So... What we have now is something very exciting, and especially when we're on a foodie show, this yeah. kind of comes in very, very appropriately, uh, very yeah. appropriate, so that people will appreciate what, what this is about. So, in the past few years, there were a lot of investigative reports on how extra virgin olive oil, or those who call it EVOO, <laughs> from Rachel <laughs> Ray, yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> she coined uh, that, I think. So, the, the, um, they would. They claim that there's a lot of inaccuracy and mislabeling and adulteration in olive oil, in extra virgin olive oil, and there isn't a, a good system to be on top of it to have authentic olive oil, um, extra virgin olive oil. And there's a, there's another issue um, with uh, um, the United States doesn't have the same high standards in their labeling that countries in the Mediterranean area have. So, because Hanukkah, the whole miracle was with olive oil. Absolutely. So, so people like to use olive oil. People like to um, light the menorah. I personally light the menorah with olive oil. Um, I like my Shabbos candles yeah. with olive oil. Yeah. So, 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 so for us, it, um, it's very sentimental because it's it's all, it has that connection to the way it was done in the Beit Hamikdash in the temple, and we. We try to, like, kind of the idea is with, like, using the olive oil is, like, to get to the level of with what the miracle happened with. And when the whole miracle was about getting that authentic olive oil with the seal of the high priest of the Kohen Gadol, it's so, like, it's so, it was kind of, like, weird to me that here I'm, I'm gonna just get, gonna get olive oil in the grocery and I'm not gonna even know if it's authentic or not, it's right. kind of like it's kind of has that exact opposite effect. Right, right, right. So, so I've learned about a, a farmer in Oregon, the other end of the United States, the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> I just learned that term, Pacific Northwest. Yeah. And we, I learned that they have like uh, they have olive trees and they have a mill at the farm. In where they have every end of November, and this is like the third year it's actually happening, where they have like an open season where people can come and see how they take the olives off the tree, put them in the mill, 
and you can get like freshly bottled. Amazing! And you can you can do it yourself. You can be involved in the process. You, you could you could be involved in the process. I mean, it'll cost you a plane ticket. But okay, you could. all right, whatever. <laughs> People make their own matzahs. Get involved in that. Why not make your own olive oil? I would love that. Exactly. Now, what I also <gasps> learned about that, that that there's a lot of other sentimental parts to it. So when we there is a term for this type of oil, which is like right out of the mill, which is called oleoneova. I hope I'm saying it right. Oh, it's okay. I, I say everything wrong because I have an Australian accent. So. So, so, so what that means is usually our olive oil is let – after it's um, produced, it, it kind of it, – they they want the, the, the fruit part to kind of go to the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. And then they take the upper part and then they filter it. And that, that kind of is the ones that you get on the shelf. The ones with the more fruit in it, the more fruity tastes and everything is not very shelf stable. They ferment fast. They get, they ferment fast. I would fast. imagine, yeah. So, so actually this oil, it, on the bottle it says best used by March because it's so fresh and it has all the fruit flavor in it. Do you all. taste the difference? And, 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 um, I'll be honest with you. I, I'm not a good taster of olive oil. So, but it, the the reviews are amazing. They they, they, they were reviewed in, by the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal, and the it's it's kind of um, I can just I would love to dip with some crusty bread in that olive oil. Mm, yum. So, so the what we what we did with them is is they have like three different breeds of olives, and they so that means three different tastes of olive oil, authentic. We're talking about olive oil that was three weeks ago still growing. Now is in a is in a barrel that'll be bottled to order, and for everyone who would donate to must be a hundred eighty dollars, they would send directly from the farm to that person the uh, fresh the, one, the fresh olive oil, <gasps> and they would actually send along a few branches of olive oil. We all know the term an olive branch. You'll actually get a few of your olive branches in your box. Oh <laughs> my goodness, that's amazing. Yeah, and and uh, um so there about the hexer just so people know, we we don't know the it does have a local hexer uh, um over there. I don't know the people, but my understanding is that extra virgin olive oil does not need an hexer. I have called the OU about yeah. this, especially Pesach time. You yeah. can't always find the P with the OU, and I called them and they told me. I've actually called them from Costco, but everyone verif- you know, verify that yourselves. I'm not, you know, yeah, your, I, your I, rabbi. I, you can call the OU yourself and 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 ask them directly. But that's I actually experience. also asked myself, and that's what the same answer I got. So that right. it does not need a hexer. It technically now has a hexer for the first time. I don't know that hexer. It's a okay. local hexer. It's a local Oregon. Uh, Oregon actually. Very nice. So, Maybe we should take a trip out there and have a look and we'll take – we always talk about taking a kosher foodie road trip. This would be it. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So, so every November it looks like – so there's another connection to the story of Hanukkah here where the – We've got about three minutes, so we've got to – Okay. <laughs> so, so if we come to think of it, after the miracle happened, they went to make fresh oil. It's so nice to connect that – the fresh oil means that it was in season now. It was the olives that were seasoning just about in the Hanukkah time, which is right when these olives get done. And, and so there's like a very beautiful connection to very authentic cold press, uh, um, kind of extra version olive oil. We all go to Cheder and we learn how special the olives for the menorah were supposed to be made and the oil and the whole process that it was extra version, the whole, whole thing. And now we have exactly that type of oil that you could get, so to speak, farm-to-table olive oil. Oh, yeah, we love that term here on our radio show. You know that, right? Farm-to-fork. We're calling it farm-to-menorah here. Farm-to-menorah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that's it's, absolutely it's, it's, fantastic. And how did you find them? They, that, that's a story by itself. Where, where so, the, the, I heard some promotion about people looking for interesting people who travel a lot you were speaking before about traveling mm. and and that they could overcome the problem of adulteration by actually traveling to places where there is a mill on the farm and this was one of the examples where there is a mill at the farm during the harvest and you could be sure that you get your 
olive oil, um, uh, and it's real olive oil, not adulterated. And so there's there's another specialty to this that there is this these few months. Most people never had this type of olive oil because it's not on the shelves and even in the high end groceries because it doesn't have a good shelf life. So this is the real fresh, fresh olive oil, and, and, and again, it's available. For those who want to give a donation of $180 to Masbia, you could choose three. So three would be um, $540. And we also are offering another gift. For those who are not foodies, uh, there's a, uh, a sterling silver dreidel that we're giving away. Very nice. A lot so, of silver collectors out there. Yeah. So it's at masbia.org, M-A-S-B-I-A.org. We need the help. We appreciate the help. And this is just an interesting incentive to get people to donate. I, I, it's unbelievable. I've been so silent while you're talking because I always like try to, inter- you know, pep it up and, and you just don't need any pepping. You're amazing. Thank you so much for coming in. We could talk for an hour just, you know, hearing stories and, you know, that you've experiences that you've had down there. It must be a, we're going to, we keep talking about doing, coming down to you. I'm going to do that. Even with ZK or without it, I'm going to come down and we'll do some cooking down there together. So uh, thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. All right. This is Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachman Siegel Network. Our show is sponsored by Abels and Hyman. just want to invite everyone to continue listening to the stream. We've got music sponsored by our friends at Kerem right up until Lichbensing. Shabbat Shalom. Happy cooking.